and welcome back to the Criminal Defense Show, where we dive deep into the lives of criminal defense attorneys and learn from their unique experiences and journeys. Today, I have a very exciting guest joining me, Jerry Mason. He is a partner at Huffman Mason Rayner Stowers Attorneys. That was a mouthful, but we got through it. After a successful career as a sheriff, a SWAT officer, and a field supervisor, he's now focusing on DUI defense. He's known as the Kickin' Lawyer because he's a professional MMA fighter with a six-degree black belt in Taekwondo. Wow. And he owns and runs multiple businesses, including a consulting service, which is a business consulting firm. We're very excited to have him on today. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Thanks. I appreciate you guys having me. I'm looking forward to it. I am excited because your bio sounds a little bit like the most interesting man in the world's bio. <laughs> well, my head, uh, my staff won't like hearing that because I think my head's big enough already, but I appreciate that. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. And I'm excited to get to learn even more about you today. So I want to get into a few different things about your practice and how you got to where you are. Tell me about your journey into the practice of law. Sure. So, um, my journey, I guess the best starting point would be I got divorced. <laughs> so I came through, uh, I was a lifelong martial artist. I started martial arts when I was six because I got beat up real bad. And if you're in my office, everybody thinks I'm a big Superman fan because I've got Superman comic book stuff everywhere. But it's really not because I identified with Superman. I identified with Clark Kent because he was a nerd and it was powerful. So I really liked that. And um, anyway, so I got in martial arts and that was great for me because it taught me discipline and how even though you have, we all have our own personal battles to fight, that if you work hard, you have hard work, you can overcome those, um, those weaknesses. And I ended up getting appointed to the U.S. Taekwondo team when I was 18. And that was pivotal because I'm from a small town in, in Tennessee. I'm from Covington, which is north of Memphis. So from there, I was on the U.S. Taekwondo team for about eight years I went to North Korea and fought and South Korea and China. Um, so I had good experience with that. And it was really pivotal because for me as a small town country boy, uh, I got a lot of life experience and I got to see the blessings that we have in America. It was a good experience for me. In the course of that, I became a law enforcement officer. I was a sheriff's deputy for a total of 12 years, two years as a reserve, 10 years full time. And I worked in multiple capacities in law enforcement. And then that leads to the divorce. I ended up getting divorced. I uh, was in a divorce with four kids and, you know, no issues to go into necessarily on there other than I was struggled with the reason that I, as what I thought was a good father, had to fight to get equal visitation with my children. And it was so frustrating to me. I just couldn't understand. I didn't understand why. Why isn't it equal if everything's equal? You know, if she's a good woman, I'm a good guy. So I was so pissed about it that I didn't even have a bachelor's degree or anything. I didn't know what it meant to be a lawyer. I decided I was going to be a lawyer. Wow. And so I started working um, uh, my patrol car. I found a, a college that would allow me to do an online degree that was accredited that the law school in Memphis would take. And I did it online in the parking lot of schools in the area that had internet back then on an iPad. I didn't even have a computer. I had an old iPad. And I got my bachelor's degree that way, took the uh, LSAT, the law school entrance test with no sleep after working a 12-hour midnight shift, took it, got accepted to law school, took my limited retirement out and uh, paid to, to cover some expenses for us to go full-time because I had to go full-time to law school and then just suffered through law school and 
And uh, anyway, fast forward now, here I am. So that was kind of where I started was from. And the reason that's important is I always remember what it was like being the client and not understanding what's going on. And you got these lawyers that seem to be so much wiser or more, you know, more intelligent than us or whatever, you know, they're in a world we don't understand. And uh, so I keep that sort of as my practice focus now to be very client centered uh, when they come in and need some assistance. Because you had that experience firsthand, what it feels like when you don't receive that. Wow, that's an interesting background. So martial arts, law enforcement, divorce, law practice mm-hmm. in a nutshell. So tell me a little bit about the firm that you're at right now. What are you typically responsible for? Well, so when I started here, uh, it was a one lawyer firm and I interned to start with at this firm. And uh, what I found, and this is, I think, important for anybody that's listening, whether they're a new lawyer who's just trying to figure out how to get their feet wet in their market, or maybe an existing lawyer who's established but trying to go to that next level. And so I was like I mentioned before, as a client, I just thought these lawyers had secrets that I didn't understand. And what I soon discovered interning at this firm is that, you know, they a lot of times they they are very intelligent and they may know more than other people. But if you don't learn how to tell other people that and get the word out that you know more than other people, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to find you. Uh, so I realized that I sort of had a knack in the marketing and I'd already kind of done that with the martial arts thing. And, and then I also had a fight promotions company at one point. And, um, and while I was waiting on bar results, I got an MBA. So I went through and got my MBA also because I knew I sort of had a knack for this sales marketing thing. So anyway, when I finally got licensed, uh, started here as a um, uh, associate and then just sort of worked up from there to where now I'm the managing partner. So day to day, I still practice law, primarily focusing on DUI litigation, and I limit myself to 10 cases a month. The other attorneys in the firm handle the bulk of the cases. But the reason is I handle all the personnel issues, all the HR issues, any complaints, um, you know, paying the bills, handling the marketing, all the social media, everything that we do. We have a big marketing push that we work towards with commercials and everything else. We have a really good marketing team uh, with you guys, with Scorpion. And uh, so anyway, I sort of am the liaison for all those points. That's a lot of hats to wear. Yes, we're working on that too, but that is a lot of hats to wear. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, it's it's really important because some firms and some attorneys feel like they have to take on everything. But it's interesting that you found your niche, you know, the things that you like doing at the firm to help build and grow the practice while still practicing law. But you've got a good balance, it seems, of both worlds. Jerry, what have been some challenges that you've faced at the firm as far as growing the practice goes? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, probably a great question for us now because I'm literally dealing with those issues now. We are in a growth. So we've done with with uh, a lot of help from other people, uh, other partners have done well, I think, building our brand, which is, I think, one of the first things that lawyers undervalue Um, lawyers. I think whether they have a business background or not, I think often they focus so much on ROI on what's the immediate return on investment. And what I think lawyers can learn from people in the business world and, and other brands that we know is that like our product that we sell legal services, in some ways it's a commodity. So how do you set yourself apart? It has to be unique. Well, you have to make, it has to be top of mind. So if someone's in a car wreck, I want them to think the kicking lawyer. So I have to do, I have to have due diligence up front with brand, branding, build my brand. Uh, and it's not an immediate ROI. They won't, you know, they don't just see the billboard and call the billboard. They may not look at my social media uh, uh presence and immediately call me, but I want to be top of mind, right? So 
to kind of back up on how we got to the growth point, I think that's one thing that we did do really well was with the branding, the kick and lawyer brand and, and whatnot. And then um, so now in this growth phase, there are several challenges we're facing. One is, you know, do you turn work away? I mean, we were getting so many leads currently with our current uh, attorney numbers without just trying to overly hire people, which creates a whole nother problem. How am I going to service the clients I have? And then number two, how am I going to manage the people I have? You know, we, we're in a growth stage. You onboard new personnel. You try to keep the ones you got that are trained. That's an issue. And then, you know, because you're doing so well growth wise, you know, I have to make now in the next month a strategic decision. Do I move and have another office, another market because I've got so much reach? And, you know, and do I have policies and procedures in place to replicate, to be just as successful in that new market? So we are definitely at a point where, um, you know, those are issues that I'm crossing. And as you mentioned before, I've, I've run several businesses or been a part of several businesses, but this is the first one that's had such exponential growth and probably partially because I've devoted all my time to this, the, the law practice. But at the same time, I've never had it where we were literally going to go regional. Most of the companies I've done before were very localized. Uh, we're My projection is in the next three to five years, if you want an attorney in West Tennessee, it's going to be the kicking lawyer they call. That's what we're looking at. The kicking lawyer idea is so good. How did you come up with that? Yeah. So when it started, well, first of all, as you mentioned, I got the background in martial arts. And so in the local community here, just sort of in this county area in Tennessee, I was known as the karate guy. So even as a law enforcement officer, that's how I got into law enforcement. The local sheriff wanted me to train his cops. And so uh, when I went in to train them in defensive tactics, I was teaching them to like jump kick in the face and stuff, which you can't just do. But I didn't know that. I want a cop. So then I was like, uh, all right, I got to learn the cop stuff. So I became a reserve to sort of learn their use of force continuum. And from there, um, at the time, all I did is I was a karate teacher and I needed insurance and stuff. So I was like, cool, I, I can teach four hours at a, a night and still work an eight or 10 hour shift as a deputy and get get insurance. That was the whole plan originally. So I got into the uh, the law enforcement sort of that way and the whole time, though, I was known as the kicking lawyer because even then I started fighting in mixed martial arts. I had done kickboxing. That's what I was known as. And I was real good at building, again, at least locally. Um, I wanted to be the karate guy because I wanted people to come, you know, train at my martial arts school. Same thing, building that business. And I was selling a service, martial arts instruction, similar to legal services. So fast forward, then when I get in control of this law firm, I knew that to go to the next level, I had to compete with the big boys, the people that you see on TV and the people that are doing all these different things that are very expensive, though. You know, and in the beginning stages, we didn't have the money to compete with them dollar for dollar. So I was like, how can I make it unique? How can we stand out amongst this super crowded market, especially in Memphis? How can we, we stand out? And so I, I initially was going to be the black belt lawyer. That was what I initially looked at, but that was taken. Now they weren't doing much with it, but it was a, the website at least was taken. So I kept doing some more searches. And so then the kicking lawyer, I had that idea or kick lawyer or something like that. Um, and initially I, I had the G on it, but we're in the South. I don't know if you can tell. And so <laughs> sort of the Southern take on anything with an ING is just kicking, you know, with an I in. Yeah. And I thought, That's going to hit home to my clientele better. And uh, I guess another thing I should back up and tell you is when I analyzed all this, I always consider first, who's my market? Who am I marketing to? I wasn't trying to get the CEO of FedEx as a client. You know, I wasn't trying to get uh, all these businesses as clients initially. I was trying to get 
you know, the normal average citizen who goes to work nine to five, got a DUI, got picked up for having some weed, you know, whatever, got into it with their spouse. That was my, the blue collar worker was my client. So I knew that something unique like that, especially if I made fun of myself. So I'm not saying that everybody should do this, but I knew that if I made fun of myself, I had the mini pig, whiskey, the law hog thing with me on the logo and all that, that that would strike home with them because I could be relatable. And that's what I wanted to be. And I am like, I have people in this area, people message me constantly. Like we've debated hiring an assistant for me just to field the leads that I get on my personal Facebook page or people have my number and message me. It's just con- so a, a large portion of my day is managing the, the leads that come in. But that was sort of the root of the kicking lawyer. And um, you, you may or may not know this or want to know this, but our firm has really two brands that I push because the kicking lawyer was doing really good blue collar workers. But then I started to get people that were in the business world that were really interested in our firm helping on their marketing side. And then also maybe some hiring clientele. So we had the HMRS attorneys, because you're right, Huff and Mason Rainer Stowers is a mouthful. So we had the HMRS attorneys brand that we also kind of push together, but separately because they're both sort of a different demographic of a client. Gotcha. I think it's so important what you said about identifying who your target audience is when you're coming up with what that brand is going to be. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a cornerstone. I just did an article for one of the ta- the, the Tennessee State, um, uh, it's tactile, Tennessee Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers. And uh, in, in that article, what I did was on marketing. And that's one of the first things I said you have to determine because, you know, if you're a bankruptcy attorney, your market may be different. If you're trying to do blue collar criminal defense work, it's different. If you're trying to do federal court criminal defense work, it's a little different. And so each client is going to react differently. I'll give you one other example. So I'm, I'm the COO of a, a company called Badger's Laser Solutions that I have some other law, uh, other not law partners, other partners with. And uh, in that company, it's an industrial laser measurement company, right? So I'm in it because I run the marketing and the uh, business side and the per- all similar stuff that I do with the, the law firm. But I don't market it anywhere near like I market this other stuff. Most people don't even know it exists. And the reason is we're marketing to the in, to industrial clients, to big industry. So the way I market to them is different. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're right. I think it's vitally important that as a uh, attorney, if you're trying, you know, and it all depends on the goal. Some people are fine being, um, you know, working nine to five or not even that. I've got a friend in a, a local city who she's a, an attorney and she's fine. She's like, this is how much money I want to make. I'm capped at this much money. I'm only going to work four days a week. I'm only going to do, that's fine. Well, I work seven days a week, 10, 12 hours a day. Usually I work out three hours a day. I don't sleep much. And the reason is, is I know where I'm going. I'm going to this next level that a lot of people don't care to go to. It's going to be trying and stressful, but that's just how I'm built. That's where I'm going. So I think you got to assess yourself and be real honest with yourself. And I would say another thing too, that's probably a real important point is that, I know my strengths and weaknesses. I'm 41. I'm I'm working on 42. And I know at this point what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Right. And so I realized I identified my strengths and weaknesses. And now I've allied with partners that fill my weaknesses. So as a team, we're a formidable force uh, because we strengthen each other. None of them are good at this marketing stuff. This is my deal. This is what I push. And I'm fine with being the face of it and taking that brunt. Uh, but, you know, they're better at certain areas that I'm not. So I think you got to be honest with yourself as you make that evaluation on you say you want to be this level law firm. Great. And you probably can, but you may have to ally with other team members. They're going to help you get to that level. 
For sure. And assemble the right team who's going to balance each other out. Yeah. Make up where someone lacks. Yes, ma'am. Well, you've done obviously a really good job of creating a brand for yourself with the kick and lawyer idea. Um, but when did you realize that even though you were branding successfully, that you still needed a little bit of outside help? Well, I, I guess that would circle back to when I first was getting into the practice of law. Again, I think in the beginning, new lawyers, they do one of two things. And I say this because one, I was a new lawyer. And two, I'm in the process of trying to hire new lawyers on all the time. They either overvalue themselves, like they think I'm a lawyer, you know, pay me a bunch of money. And that ain't how it works. You know, you've got to come, especially with a growing firm, you either need to be able to do something I can't do, take something off my plate, because I don't need anybody to generate business for me. I need help working the business. So I found that that's an issue a lot of times with new lawyers is they kind of overvalue themselves or they undervalue themselves. And although I'm confident when I was new, I undervalued myself. I really thought there was some secret sauce somewhere that I was missing. I kept thinking, but wait, why aren't they doing this marketing wise? Why aren't they working on their website? You know, why aren't they on social media? Why aren't they doing like I do? We have uh, swag boxes. They've got our logo and stuff all over them. I got kicking lawyer hot sauce with the whiskey, the law hog on it. And all this kind of I'm like, why aren't all these? I don't understand why they're not doing it. Well, soon I found out it's because well, lack of a better term, a lot of them are just being lazy. Like they're scared to do it or they're lazy to do it. And uh, they don't realize that it's not that you can't do it. It's just an issue of it's not necessarily normal in a lot of the legal practices and some of those marketing, you know, I don't want to say gimmicks, but marketing ideas are somewhat frowned on, but you know what? Nobody else is signing my check. Nobody else is paying my bills. These people are going to look down on it. They can think that all day. I'm going to do what's necessary to take my firm to the next level. I think that new lawyers need to evaluate where their where their strengths and weaknesses are. I'm really good. I don't know if you noticed yet at running my mouth. I'm really good at sales and I do it in trials all the time, but I'm weak on a real detailed legal arguments. Like I just, it's not my deal. Mm-hmm. Brian Huffman, one of my partners, genius on arguments. David Stowers, another one of my partners, genius on motions practice, stuff that I'm not good at. Lauren Rayner, great family law attorney. I hate family law. You know, I said divorce is what got me into it, but I personally don't, I don't do the handholding and all that. She's great at it. So we feel each other's weaknesses. And, you know, I think it's just an honest assessment of what you're good and bad at. I would say in the beginning, new lawyers, you know, you need a couple, three years to figure out what you're good or bad at. You might not even know. Um, but I figured out about three years in really where my strengths and weaknesses were and decided instead of fighting against them or doing components of legal practice that I don't like is I would ally with people that made me strong so that I could do what I'm good at. Yeah, that makes total sense. Well, I'm curious, when did you guys make the move from managing everything in-house to hiring like a third-party marketing company to help carry some of the load with the marketing stuff? Yeah, so that's a good question. And uh, as I told you before, I know that you guys shy away from uh, this being a Scorpion advertisement, but I'm here because I have really enjoyed the partnership with Scorpion. And I am a great one for, and they can, if anybody sees this, they can message me separately and I can talk to them privately about it. But I've partnered with other companies that do similar stuff, all the big ones. Basically, if you think of one of those companies at some point in our firm's history, we've been partnered with them and I've been the the managing partner that directed that. And um, 
we were not pleased. So early on when we realized we needed some more, because I have an MBA, but that doesn't mean I know how to do SEO. You know, I have an MBA, uh, but that doesn't mean that I need, and I'm the managing partner, but that doesn't mean that the best use of my time is doing a Facebook post. You know what I mean? So if the way I look at it is, I always analyze each task and I say, is this the best thing for my time? Is this my, or is this something I can delegate? And so I started to realize, man, some of these tasks I can delegate. And then some of them are somewhat technical, you know, I mean, before we, we started this podcast, you've got a crew that knows way more than I do about audio and visual stuff and help walk even me through some of the tech side. That's because they know what they're doing. Um, and you have to recognize expertise where it is. Uh, I consider myself, pretty much an expert on DUI litigation. And I think I'm pretty good at marketing, but there's a lot of these other components I don't know. So I realized that we had to ally with people that were better than we were. And you either hire them outside to come in and deal with the headache of payroll and HR management, or you get uh, you know, a, a partner company kind of like you guys to come in and maybe take that weight off of you and then hope that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And we've been blessed so far. You guys have done more than I uh, anticipated. So we've been very pleased. Good. Well, how did you determine that this marketing firm was a good fit for your business? Like what was different than the ones in the past? So you guys were very diligent. I said no multiple times to Scorpion, (laughs) not because of anything you did or didn't do, but because of my history with your opponents. And I was like, oh, here comes just another one. I'm not going to do it. And then uh, you had a, a, a very nice gentleman, Ryan Reynolds, who pursued us. And I tell you what happened. I had a year later, I was looking to email you guys to get a, a basically a, a quote because we knew we were going with somebody again. I hadn't worked with you directly. We were being courted by one of the previous ones again, trying to give us a deal to get us back. And so I, e- I opened an old email and I guess he's got some notice that let him know I opened the email because literally like an hour later, he emailed me r- right back and he was like, hey, just ch- touching out again. And uh, everybody that I've communicated with so far with you guys has been nothing but nice, nothing but really wanting to help us out. And I'll tell you that I was hesitant with Scorpion because I did some research and found that you weren't just legal practice stuff, that you guys had wings that did other stuff, other companies. And so, you know, initially I was like, ah, they're not really niche in that. So do I want to go with them? But, you know, to, th- to this day, you guys have given us the, at least so far, you know, next month, maybe I'll be different. But to this day, you guys have given us the best ROI in several areas that I wanted in a, uh, a partner, a, mar- a marketing partner. So we've been very pleased. Good. What marketing practices are you currently following? Like what channels are you using right now? Yeah. So I have, uh, I look at it two ways. I consider marketing uh, sort of, we're working on a split and we're not all the way one way or the other. I have what I call old school uh, streams of marketing and then the new school streams of marketing. So old school would be like your billboards, your print advertisements, even television advertisements, uh, or if anybody listens to radio, radio advertisements, right? So that's sort of the old school wing. And because um, we're in a, and the reason I say we're in a split is my perception is, you know, we're not to the level where all the generations that are used to that, that type of marketing are gone. So that those generations are still around, you know, they're still here, they still buy, they're still consumers. And so you got to do some things in that revenue stream or in that uh, marketing stream uh, to, if you're trying to net in some of those uh, clients. 
Then you've got the new stream on the other side, which is your mostly your internet stuff, your websites, your your internet's uh, pay per click, whatever, um, all that kind of all that wing. And the majority of our revenue goes towards that wing now because that's the buying power. And over the next you know five to ten years, that's going to be all the buying power. So if I had to tell you how we split our marketing dollars, it's probably twenty five to thirty percent for the old school wings. And then the rest goes to the the internet side now for us. Good. And how how willing are you to pivot and change things when need be? Like if a new thing comes up and you want to allocate more of your budget to that, are you guys pretty quick to adapt things like that? Or does it take a little bit more time to phase into that? We analyze it. I pretty much have carte blanche power on what the firm does at this point. All the partners really trust me because this is what, what I do. And I think I'm pretty good at reading trends. Um, I was just talking about this to some degree with one of my partners, I, you know, so I sort of look at data and the way the market trends and stuff are going, but I like to think too, that I don't like looking at competitors. All right. So um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the guy named Alexander Shannara in Alabama. I don't know if you've worked with him or not. All right. He's I'm the, not. he's the billboard King in Alabama. Right. So he's got like 2000 plus billboards. Uh, he's the guy. So okay. I looked at some of his stuff uh, several years ago and I was like, I want to be that guy in Tennessee. So I tried to use some, well, I'm so excited and I hope he watches this because he gets, he has a marketing team, a PR team that delivers, I know it's at least weekly to him, all the uh, lawyer advertisements nationally. He gets them and looks at them, right? Looks at all the competitors and sees who's up and coming, who he can copy, all this kind of stuff. Well, I know he just copied a couple of my things that I've been doing and I'm just honored that they would copy some of my marketing ideas. But my point was we we are quick to adapt, but I don't like to look too much at the rest of the market because I like to be original. I like to be the, uh, the, the trendsetter, so to speak, and then have other people copy us. Like for example, we just did a comic book. I got a kicking lawyer comic book coming out and it's got all the other lawyers in it and they got little uh, comic book names in it, but I'm using it for multiple purposes. It's clearly marketing, right? But in it, it teaches a life skill for a kid. So a kid that's in third, fourth grade, they're reading a book and it teaches like the first one teaches how to show confidence. Right. Um, But then it also sells our brand. It's got uh, HMRS, the whole team in it. We're all marketed sort of as superheroes. And I noticed John Morgan. I did this a month ago has now got a superhero marketing thing that he's doing. So he must be taking a look too, that's fine. Um, And then, oh, by the way, the only way to get the comic book is they have to donate to charity. They donate to charity, bring us proof, we give it to them. We don't sell any, none of my swag is sold. All my swag is given away if they do, you know, certain things. Because again, you know, again, it's ROI. You have a lot of lawyers are like, I don't want to spend money on that, on all that stuff. It costs me money and, you know, I'm just giving it away. But they don't realize that's branding, that's product placement, you know, yeah. and it's sad to say, but that kid, you know, in 10 years might need our services. You never know. So, um, uh, yeah, we, we do a lot of unique things, regardless of the market, I would say, just because I feel like I kind of have my pulse on the consumer because it circles back to what we just talked about. If you identify your key client, then, uh, you know, you can get into their skin, so to speak, and know what it is that motivates them, what it is that drives their buying habits. And, and then, you know, you, you'll be in front of them. So when they need that lawyer, you're the guy. A comic book that ties in with your persona as the kicking lawyer. It's such a creative idea. And I think that's something that everyone needs to take away from this. Like, think about how you can get creative. And if you don't have a creative bone in your body, find a Jerry. That's yeah, no, magic no, sauce, right? 
That you're right. That's what my partners realized is, you know, again, they're better at certain areas of practice of law than me, but they realized to go to that next level, which is all of our unified goal. They needed someone like me that could drive that ship. So, or, and even me, you know, it's a good point is even though that's sort of what my tap, my role is, I had to find partners like you guys or whoever that are going to fill areas that I don't know. I don't know that tech side of SEO or SMO. Um, I don't know how to, you know, I know the brand that we have, but do I really need to be spending the time making sure that my posts are all unified? Do I need to be following up on, on, on every lead that comes in when, you know, you guys are tracking all that stuff for me. So, uh, you know, I think that it, go, it circles back to what we talked about earlier. You've got to figure out what you're good at. Is this something you should be doing or is this something you can delegate? And instead of looking at right this second, cause I know that, you know, especially with COVID, a lot of firms are struggling. And so then you got to make it, it, there's risk in anything. So you've got to make the decision. Am I going to step outside this comfort zone and make this risk, you know, and the possibility is glory or death, you know, I mean, maybe I don't want to be that extreme about it, but it's true. And nobody ever really succeeded without some risk. So there's risk inherent in success. For sure. No doubt about that. Sounds like you've taken the right risk so far. So far, we'll see. But you know what? I'll bounce back. You know, uh, today's election day. I don't know when this airs, but today's election day. And I am running for alderman in my district. Um, so I'll find out tonight. There's a strong possibility I may lose. But, you know, I think that we as Americans look at loss the wrong way, and especially as lawyers. You know, loss is a time to learn. You look back and reflect and figure out, you know, losers to me are not the people that lose. They're the people that just give up after a loss. So, you know, if I lose, for instance, in this election, that's fine. That's the voter's mistake because I was clearly the best choice. <laughs> but really? the, uh, my point is, as if you lose or you don't do well one month, maybe we don't hit revenue goals for that month. Well, now instead of giving up, you analyze it, figure out why, make adjustments. And then, you know, you'll be better for it. You don't want to repeat past mistakes. You want to learn from those. So, so loss is not necessarily a negative. Um, you just have to learn from it. Be open-minded. Definitely. And you're running for alderman. So what went into that decision? Or my wife initially didn't want me to run for alderman. And she knows how busy I am and how uh, my time is so divided as it is. And uh, so she didn't want me to do it. However, I'm the type where, you know, if something needs to be done, or I want to be the guy to do it. Like uh, it's sort of, I guess, goes back to being a law enforcement officer. When I started as a law enforcement officer, I had to learn to be the anchor in a storm. I like to say you'd show up and, you know, a lot of times the cops don't even know what to do, but you've got to be the one that knows what to do. You got to handle the situation. So I took that into legal practice and then uh, potentially now into politics where if there's something that needs to be fixed, I'm going to fix it. I'll go, I can handle it. I'm going to do it. And then also I'm on several nonprofit board of directors seats and because they take money from the city, what my wife didn't realize is if I get elected as alderman, I have to withdraw from those seats and it actually frees up time. So then I'll just be on the, the board of aldermen and make certain decisions for the city. Um, but I mean, I think I have a lot of experience in it. And the same, ex another thing is uh, one of the things I ran on is I want to market our city a little differently. Uh, I'm not sure what you guys think about Memphis. We're in a city north of Memphis, but we have a similar reputation. And a lot of that's marketing. It just needs to be sort of adjusted the way people view our city. There's a lot of positives. So that's sort of why I did it. And it's not an overly committed time commitment. Um, it also, I thought, would be further insight into my client, the blue collar working class guy. It's the same people is going to potentially vote for me um, uh, as the people that uh, are trying to hire me are going to be a lot of times the same person. So that was sort of the, the, the driving force, I think, is I really thought I was going to be 
the best option for it. I still think I'm the best option for it. But as I mentioned uh, earlier, the way I market my own brand, I'm not exactly sure that that has been the best way to market for success in an election. So we'll see. Time will tell. Well, we're all pushing for you, hoping for some good news tonight. I appreciate it. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about your experience with mixed martial arts. How do you think that skill has made you a better lawyer and a better business owner? Well, so I, I operate daily in my life by the sort of this mantra of if I haven't done it or if it makes me uncomfortable to think about doing it, then I should do it. And the reason I think life is about experience. And I think most people, a lot of people live life and then all of a sudden it's past them. And I always had this vision that I don't want to be 90 and laying there potentially on my deathbed and then have regrets, you know, like Sean Connery just passed away and that man lived a life. That guy died like a dude at 90 in the Bahamas after living the life he lived, died in his sleep. So, you know, that's like my goal. Like, that's the way I want to go. I want to have done all this stuff. So anyway, like running for alderman or fighting martial arts or any of that, if it makes me uncomfortable, then I think it's something we should try to do. And I think it makes me a better trial lawyer also, um, because, you know, think about it. If, if you're fighting another human, this other human wants to hurt you, right? So, and I have to have ill intent towards them, but that's a very un- uncomfortable situation. There are a lot of lawyers that shy away from jury trials because those are stressful. I mean, you've got another person's freedom in your hands in a criminal jury trial. But if you've done things like go to North Korea, uh, I fought a Shaolin monk on the streets of Beijing, got whipped by the Shaolin monk, um, fight in a cage with another human, then, then that's not quite as big a deal. And so I can be more authentic at trial. And I think it comes off better with the jurors because a trial is really, you're selling an argument. You're selling your client's innocent, the weakness in the evidence, you know, whatever it is, but it's a sales pitch. And, you know, people don't believe fake salesmen. You have to come off very authentic. And so I'm just my authentic true self because I really don't get nervous about many things. Uh, you may find this interesting. Uh, I just did. We just closed at the local theater here doing the Rocky Horror uh, Show production. I don't know how familiar you are with that. I played Rocky. Oh, my gosh. Basically naked singing role, role, right? That is amazing. It's, There's internet pictures. You can find them. Oh, my and, gosh. I'm looking that uh, up. The reason I did it is my partner, one of my partners called me on this motto I have. And he does a lot of plays and stuff, not necessarily like that one. And he was like, you need to try out for Rocky. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be in a play. And he was like, you're scared. I was like, I ain't scared of nothing. And he's like, you just won't want to do it because you're, you're scared. And I was like, he's like, and then he called me. He said, well, you say everybody should try stuff. They're not comfortable because I can't sing. I'm not a singer. And this was a singing role. So I was like, fine, I'll do it. So I literally stood there in underwear, gold underwear um, and sang in front of, by the way, constituents. These are all voters in my district. That we're coming, uh, and we just closed on at Halloween night that show. But 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 again, it's life's about experiences. So if you're uncomfortable with something or you don't know, I think you should attack it because then that weakness now becomes a strength, and you've broadened your life uh, perspective. And I just think it makes you better in everything you do. You're fearless, Jerry. That's impressive. I don't know about that, I don't like snakes, and I'm afraid of my wife. So <laughs> two things: it takes a lot though to get up in front of an audience, a live audience, and nothing but your skivvies. On Halloween. I mean, whoa. (laughs) I I didn't think it was that big a deal. It was fun. That sounds like my worst nightmare, honestly. I can't believe (laughs) you did that. That's That's what you should do. That's your goal. Yeah. Start a play. That'll be my next goal, Kelly. 
Um, well, one of the things that I was really excited to talk to you about today, whiskey, the law hog, tell people who that is. All right. Well, first thing is, so I apologize. Whiskey, the law hog is not with us today. I uh, was too busy earlier and I meant to have whiskey present. Uh, but I will give you the real, I'll give you, I'm gonna give you a, a, I guess this is an insider tip here. This is the the lowdown that other people don't know. If you watch the Kick and Lawyer commercials, so you go to YouTube, just search, search Kick and Lawyer, the commercials are on there. And uh, the, we've got, you know, the normal lawyer ones, and then we got the sort of the Whiskey the Law Hog ones. And they're they're kind of funny. And Whiskey the Law Hog is kind of the Kick and Lawyer sidekick, right? So in the commercials, I'm hanging out with Whiskey, we're buddies and whatnot. Well, the way that came about is my wife, while I was in law school, right? Actually, first year I got out of law school, she wanted a French bulldog. Okay. Well, I'm, and we're dog people. Okay. Like, while I've got uh, a rescue bulldog and we've got a little, uh, I always call it a little girly dog. I don't know what it is, but I got this little dog. Anyway, <laughs> so we like the dogs, but uh, French bulldogs are like three grand. And this was pre kicking lawyer success days. So three grand wasn't going to happen. So I found in Bald Knob, Arkansas, these mini pigs. And I was like, women love mini pigs. So I went to I went to Bald Knob, Arkansas. She thought she was getting a French bulldog. I had my kids with us. They were all excited. And we pull up. She's so excited to get a French bulldog. And this dude comes out with these pigs. And uh, to her credit, she played it off and acted like she liked it. So she got a, a mini pig. And I got a whiskey. We named the kids named it whiskey. They named it. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember why they named her whiskey. It wasn't because I drink whiskey. It was something else. But anyway, they named her whiskey the log. My kids named it the pig. Well, the law hog thing came in because at that point, when I got licensed and first iteration of partnerships here, we were going to move into Arkansas. And so it was all a marketing thing that Arkansas has the Razorbacks, the Arkansas Razorbacks, and they're all big about them. Just like in Tennessee, people are crazy about the volunteers, right? Anyway, so I was like, let's do whiskey, the law hog. And I literally took professional pictures with me and the pig hanging out because I was going to push into Arkansas with the law hog. Right. Well, we ended up deciding not strategically to go into Arkansas, but I still had this pig. So we started marketing. And again, it was another way to make me personable to people is uh, me and whiskey, the law. But that's not the that's not the big piece of information people don't know. What people don't know is that pig hates me. Okay. That pig is not my friend. That pig does not like the kicking lawyer. So we have to do a lot of strategery with the shots because the pig hates me. It just loves my wife and hates me for some reason. Like I can, I've got video where my wife's petting the pig and and I'll, I'll do the same stroke right behind her and it knows I'm touching it and it just wigs out. It just doesn't like me. So what is up with that? I don't know. And here you're the one who, who brought your wife and the pig together. Doesn't it know that? Doesn't it? I feed the that? Pig. I'm the one that feeds the pig. And sometimes she'll sleep in the bed with us and like cut in between us and kind of nudge me out. Like I think she's <laughs> jealous. I think so. How, how much does this pig weigh? So she's up to 80 pounds. And uh, my understanding is she's probably full grown at 80 pounds. We hope um, she can't go downstairs because she can't see but she can go upstairs so we had to build her a ramp so she's got her own ramp she's got her own little bed area she's like a little kid she's not just the, the mascot of the firm she's a part of your family oh, right yeah. she's like my kid she hates me so it's good <laughs> she fits <laughs> right in then. well what kind of feedback have you gotten from clients and just the community about having whiskey as the mascot how does that tie in with your brand 
Yeah. So the hog, the law hog was probably a, a better component than me. Well, I'll give you an example. We have a heritage festival in this area. It's a real big thing in this community and I always have several booths. I have several of my companies up there and I was of course running for alderman. So I had a, uh, uh, like a wagon and I put whiskey, the law hog and the kicking lawyer on the side of the wagon and pulled her around. Well, when I would go try to talk to people about the alderman thing without the pig, you know, it was like normal. Nobody really wanted to talk about the election stuff with the pig. People come to me like they all and they had seen the commercials and they wanted their picture with the pig. They didn't care about the kicking lawyer. They so the pig was a big component. It, it's also an icebreaker. You know, it's a good way to break ice. People come in the office and want to meet the pig like they'll come to our law firm just to meet Whiskey the Law Hog, which we did have her here occasionally. But uh, she's her. You'll, you'll see this coming up. So uh, another uh, I guess I'm breaching this secret too. We're fixing to do a slip and fall commercial with whiskey slipping because whiskey can't walk with hooves on wood. So we're going to have her slipping on the wood and uh, you know, IE there's a lawsuit. So anyway, our wood floors don't work well with the mini pig. Oh yeah. I wouldn't guess that they would. Well, that's a great idea. I mean, again, with the creativity, like these are things that not a lot of people think about. You just have to get creative and, and well, the branding. Not only not think about, they're scared to do. You know, a lot of these lawyers think they have to be Mr. Lawyer or Miss Lawyer and be all. But you know what? The consumer has changed than it was 20 or 30 years ago. You know, we've got to compete for that position to be top of mind. And so you've got to be unique. One of my uh, I don't want to call him an idol. I guess he'd be uh, I'm working on being his equal. I want to be uh, uh, in one of his commercials. I want to do a kicking lawyer meets the Texas law hawk. Okay, I want that to happen. That needs to happen. Uh, at some point. But, you know, his commercials really set him apart, got him a lot of notoriety, but he's doing well as a lawyer because he stepped outside the box. He really did. Yeah. If you don't know the Texas Law Hawk, another YouTube search for you to do. Yeah. One of the interesting things about you, besides everything else we've already talked about, is the fact that you also have another business, that you're a business consultant. Tell us about that. Many of the things I mentioned before, I found that um, other businesses just either don't do or don't know how to do. So I started initially with this kicks consulting thing um, just, well, to circle way back, I started training kids because one of my goals was to keep businesses in our community. And, and we're north of Memphis. We're a, we're a separate county from Memphis. And so we lose a lot of quality business owners workers, entrepreneurs to Memphis or to surrounding areas. And so I wanted to make sure kids knew how to uh, set up a business, how to have a business plan, a marketing plan, the types of businesses, just, you know, just basics, how to do a budget, things like that. And so I sort of did this kicks consulting college thing where over a weekend, high school kids would come in, I teach them this stuff. Well, then I started finding that it wasn't just the high school kids. There are you know, business owners, existing businesses that don't know how to do a lot of this stuff. And as the kicking lawyer thing started to catch, catch traction, we started to get calls from businesses that wanted me to help them with their branding and marketing. So that's kind of what I did with the consulting and still do. Um, now, again, I have such limited time that I don't, I don't even really put it out there that that's something that I do. People just have to kind of find me or ask about it. But, but I have about 20 currently uh, in the portfolio that I help manage their own uh, marketing, branding. But my goal is I don't want them to need me in six months. My goal is always in six months, they know how to do the stuff. They know how to, their brand is working. They know how to do a marketing plan. And then, then I can step out and it kind of automates itself. Or I pass them on to another partner 
um, you guys or whoever that can kind of help continue that. Because some of them, especially if they're on their own, they may not have, you know, I consider myself a self-starter. I don't need you to tell me what I need to do or, or, or whatever. I, I may just need help doing what needs to get done. But you have some people that are business owners that, you know, aren't like that. Um, right. So, yeah, I enjoy I, I, I actually probably get the most pleasure from seeing that happen. It's almost like a child you're raising up. And now you've got this business that's on its own and sustainable, and then you can just send them off into the world. I love it. Well, as a business consultant, what's the number one most valuable piece of advice you could give people? Uh, man, number one. Uh, I, it's hard to narrow it to one. I would say two main things that are both equally important. Number one is you cannot undersell branding. If you're in a, any business that's arguably a commodity whether you're a, a, a restaurant owner or a lawyer or whatever it is, you know, branding is very, if you're going to grow, branding is very essential and powerful. And you've got to understand what it takes to build a brand. And you have to avoid the concern, the initial concern of looking at dollar for dollar return on investment, because you're just not going to get initial return on investment in, in my head anyway, on most branding. If you get a new website, it's going to take time for it to build traction. If you put a billboard up, it's going to take time for that to, to build. So that's number one, I would say, is make sure you understand branding, what your brand is. And, you know, there's other questions behind that that we've already discussed. Who's your market? You know, what are your strengths and weaknesses? How can you fill those so that that plan is set before you push the brand? And then the second thing is, you know, you just got to do it. You can't be afraid. I don't care what business it is, but you just got to put yourself out there. And, you know, like I mentioned with this election, you can't take loss the way most people do. It's not, loss is not the end of the road. You know, loss is an obstacle to growth um, or an asset for growth. So, I mean, I think it's a a perspective shift on what it means to win, what it means to lose. You know, if you're in the business world or, and as lawyers, really we're business people, you know, I mean, if we're going to grow, if you're going to be successful as an attorney, you have to get clients. Well, there's other lawyers competing for those same clients. So how are you going to stand out and be unique? Absolutely. I think that's so important is there anything we haven't talked about yet that you're like, oh, I want to get to this, get to this? If you want to be the kind of lawyer that just does the nine to five and makes it and in 10 years, you've established a base of clients, fine. Maybe you don't need partners to help with marketing. Maybe you don't need me, you know, but if you're trying to be the lawyer, which is my goal is to be, if they need a lawyer in my market, it's me. Well, I mean, you're going to have to take some risks and step outside your comfort zone. All about taking the risks. Your company, your consulting service is called Kicks Consulting, right? Yeah, I actually unify most all of it with the law firm now. It's just been easier, but you can go to jerrymason.com and then it directs you. You can pick your path to success, it says. (laughs) And they can go to my martial arts school, the laser measurement company, the law firm, the consulting. Uh, I think think I've got kickinglawyer.com directed there too. But I mean, any, any of the businesses can get in touch with me if people need assistance with any of that stuff. Good. And that's Jerry, J-E-R-E, Mason.com, correct? That's correct. Okay. Just want to make, pe- make sure people type that in, right? Because we've got a unique spelling to your name, which I personally love. Thank you. Well, good. Well, it has honestly been such a pleasure talking with you today, Jerry. I thank you for taking the time to join us. And like we mentioned a second ago, if you want to check Jerry out, you can go to his website, jerrymason.com. That's J-E-R-E mason.com. And people can also look up your YouTube channel, right, Jerry? Yeah. And it's under my name or anytime you Google or put anything in a search engine, kicking lawyer without the G, K 
K-I-C-K-I-N lawyer, then you'll find me on Instagram, Facebook, any of that stuff. It's a very kind offer. And I hope one people will take you up on because you've got a lot of value and a lot of knowledge. I appreciate you guys having me. It's been fun. It has been. We're so glad you took the time today. And if you found today's episode helpful, please do us a solid and share it with people in your circle. You can also check out the notes on today's show over at our website, www.scorpion.co without the end. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. 